Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks for Monday, January 20th, 2020. It's 120, 2020. That's a lot of 20s. Thanks for tuning in here to Lockdown Blackhawks. My name is Jay Zawoski. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day, and your team is kicking some ass lately. The Blackhawks have won five games in a row, including back-to-back wins over the weekend over Toronto, a 6-2 win in Toronto, and a 5-2 win at home against the Winnipeg Jets. And all of a sudden, this team looks like they've turned a corner and could be a playoff threat. Tons to get to in this podcast. Somehow I've not mentioned the name of Patrick Kane, who recorded his 1,000th NHL point last night against the Jets. But before we get to all of it, want to tell you how to get in touch with the podcast. Remember, tomorrow's show, Talk Back Tuesday, get those questions in, those voicemails in. 708-653-0572 is the voicemail number. If you want to leave a voice memo, open up that app on your phone, record the voice memo, and email it to LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can send us a tweet at LO underscore Blackhawks or my personal account at jzawoski670. And make sure you check out the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast as well. That's my other Hawks podcast. New episode of that came out Friday afternoon. Think you'll enjoy it. Check it out. All right, let's get to it. And there's so much to get to, but I think I want to spend the first segment of the show in praise of Patrick Kane. And this guy, I don't know if I ever thought that the Hawks would ever have a player like this again. When I was growing up as a Hawks fan, I heard all about Bobby Hull and Stan Mikita, and to a lesser extent, Dennis Savard. I saw a lot of Dennis Savard's career. I remember a lot of Dennis Savard's career. But the game changed, right, where you didn't see a lot of 100-point scorers anymore, and, and the way the Hawks were, it didn't seem like it would ever really happen again. Patrick Kane, from the day he stepped on the ice for the Blackhawks until last night when he scored his 1,000th point in the National Hockey League, I feel like he's gotten better every game. And I feel like he's better today than he's ever been. And this is going to sound like an insult, and I don't mean it this way, but when there is a goal to achieve, Patrick Kane is the guy you want trying to achieve it you saw him over the last two games when a thousand points was in his sights he was elevating his game to a different level and how many times have we seen during Stanley Cup playoff runs Patrick Kane do the same thing the game's on the line you need a heroic moment 88 is going to be there when it's all said and done not only will Patrick Kane be remembered as the greatest American-born player ever. I think he's probably already surpassed Chris Chelios. And how cool is it that two of the best American players ever are Blackhawks? He might have an argument for best Blackhawk ever. And I know it's crazy to think. And I know no one ever assumed or imagined that Bobby Hull or Stan Makita would ever be passed. And those two, especially Makita, That's everything you want your franchise to be as far as hockey goes. Bobby Hull, there's some really unpleasant off-the-ice stuff that everyone knows about we don't need to rehash. And in, in reality, Patrick Kane put us through a lot of that too early in his career. And 
different fans have different level of um, feelings about that with Patrick Kane, right? Some fans have not been able to move past it. Some fans were able to move past it very easily, but it doesn't matter. We're talking about the on-ice part of it. When it's all said and done, Patrick Kane might be the greatest Blackhawk to ever play. And I don't think that's, you know, it's going to take some accomplishment. You know, it's going to take some really, really good seasons from here on out. It'll probably take another contract for Patrick Kane. But it's it's conceivable that he could catch these guys in points. It's conceivable. Not easy. He's going to catch Bobby Hull. Bobby Hull has 1,153 points. I think is a hundred and you know a hundred and fifty three more points possible for Patrick Kane. I think so. Dennis Vard has one thousand ninety six. Stan Makita is going to be the tough one. One thousand four hundred and sixty seven points. Does Patrick Kane have four hundred and sixty seven more points in him? That's the question. But does it sound does it sound impossible? I don't think it does. You know he's going to have to play for a long time probably five or six more seasons but he's 31 years old and he doesn't seem to be showing any signs of slowing down if anything he's getting better which is almost unbelievable over the course of this season he has 62 points in 50 games that's a great pace and he's probably got two years left of this style of hockey right where he's playing well over a point per game but as he slows down and gets to like the 80s and 70s in points, I think he's got four or five more years of that in him. I think when it's all said and done, Patrick Kane will be the Blackhawks' all-time leading scorer and will go down as their best player in history. And if you have an argument against that, I welcome it. Blackhawks at gmail.com, voicemail 708-653-0572. But to me, the tiebreaker is three Stanley Cups. That, to me, wins the argument for Patrick Kane. So, I don't know. Want to hear what you guys think? Let me know on Talk Back Tuesday tomorrow. And, hey, if you want to share some Patrick Kane stories, even if it's not a question, just shoot us an email, lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com, and we will get that question and those comments on the air. It is time to reminisce. You know, that was a major moment in Blackhawks franchise history, and uh, we should all celebrate it. And, uh, man, what a moment to see the entire team come on the ice to celebrate with Patrick Kane. Very, very cool. This spring, follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for Cactus League spring training. Amazing weather. You like that? Yeah. Landscapes? Uh Uh-huh. Exciting outdoor adventure? Check. Incredible food? Oh, yeah. You know there's incredible food. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. 10 stadiums, 15 MLB teams. All 10 stadiums are within 50 miles of each other. Meet the players, get autographs before the games. Enjoy live music from national artists. There's there's museums to explore. Everything from native heritage to modern art to musical instruments from around the world. So many good restaurants. I know craft beer is big on Lockdown Blackhawks listeners' minds. They've got Four Peaks, Angel's Trumpet Ale House, and Goldwater Brewing Company. You can check out all of those on the trip. Check off must-see destinations from your bucket list like the Grand Canyon, Monument Valley, Horseshoe Bend, and Tucson. 
bring the kids. It's a great destination for families. Not only can the kids meet the players, but there's so much to do like wildlife parks, science museums, aquariums, dude ranches. Plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. That's visitarizona.com slash spring training. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Typically after a game, we do the pluses and minuses. Not going to do that today. We've got two games to react to and a lot to get over. So it's going to be just kind of a compilation of my thoughts from the last two days uh, instead of a pluses and minuses segment. By the way, I don't really have a lot of minuses. I guess if I have one, Drake Kajula, stop taking penalties. But again, they're all penalties of aggression of effort. Yeah, the stick slamming wasn't great, but it was also a huge overreaction by the referee to call that. That was ridiculous. Uh, did, did not deserve a penalty. He was just mad in the penalty box. But three penalties in the game, not great. Other than that, what a weekend for Jonathan Taves. And I know that Patrick Kane's going to get the spotlight this weekend, as he should. There's no doubt about it. He absolutely is deserving and should get all the accolades he has coming to him. But Jonathan Taves might be the best Blackhawk over the last, what, 10 games or so? Had an assist last night. Had two goals and two assists Saturday night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. He was a plus four in that game. Had an assist against Montreal. Had three points against Ottawa. Two points against Anaheim. So in this five-game winning streak... Jonathan Taves has 11 points. He's tearing it up. And it's not just the offense. He's shown that great two-way play again. And while last season, for a long time this year, felt like a bit of a fluke, Taves is starting to close that gap again. He's all of a sudden, Jonathan Taves has 44 points in 50 games. After the really bad start he got off to, to see him potentially ending the season with more than a point per game is something I didn't think I would see. I was really bummed to think that last year's 81-point season bounce back was a fluke. But the way uh, Taves has played lately tells me it wasn't and tells me he's still got that level of game back in him. Another couple players who's who I want to sing the praises of. I think Slater Cuckoo's done a really good job since he's come back in the lineup. And he'll never be a spectacular defender. He'll never be a dynamic offensive player. But he's provided a really steady play. And him and Ole Mata have become a really dependable third pair. I like that. That's good. And he's played so well that Dennis Gilbert was sent back to Rockford after Sunday's game. Along with Brandon Hagel, who we never got to see play. But he'll be back at some point. Uh, Not sure what that means for Tuesday night. It could just be a roster thing. It could be a salary cap thing. You know, maybe they're just going to go with the same lineup on Tuesday. They're not practicing today. So chances are they know who's healthy. They know what their lineup's going to be before the All-Star break. So might as well send those two guys down for some cap savings. Another guy deserving of some praise, Brandon Saad, who came back against Toronto on Saturday, scored a goal, had a goal last night against Winnipeg. He looks like he's not missed a beat at all. So it's great to see him back. 
Adam Boquist, I think, has been really good. And how about Kirby Doc? The game against Winnipeg was terrific. And a couple weeks ago, I took some heat for being critical of Doc. And what I was looking for is exactly what he's doing now. Aggressive, strong on the puck, initiating offense, getting in front of the net and winning in front of the net, winning along the boards, winning in corners. Yes, I want to see him be more aggressive shooting. And he had that two-on-one with Alex Dabrinkit where he opted to pass where he probably should have shot the puck. I get deferring to a veteran. But that play, he muscled off the Winnipeg defender, started the two-on-one with his pure skating strength alone. Moments later in that shift, Alex Nylander scored, giving the Hawks the 1-0 lead. He was strong and confident on the puck all night long, and then again in the third period, another two-on-one, Doc Drives to the net on the backhand, puts the puck on goal. The rebound's there. David Camp scores. That was Doc's first point in 13 games. But if he plays like he played last night, the points are going to start rolling in for Kirby Doc. He has been terrific. It's been a really good week for him. And I'm glad to see this added ice time that he's getting has made him better and has made him more confident. The kid turns 19 on Tuesday and looks lately like totally worth that number three overall pick. And, man, it's uh, it's been exciting to watch him grow and to watch him, you know, become the player he's become. Really great to see that from Kirby Doc. I'd also be remiss if I didn't give some credit to Jeremy Colleton. When this team could have quit, They didn't. When he had to change, he did. And I think maybe most impressive is the fact that he kept this team, and credit to the players as well, of course, but if we're going to be critical when the team plays poorly, we've got to offer praise when the team plays well. And dealing with all the injuries he dealt with, with Calvin DeHaan going down, Brent Seabrook going down, Brandon Saad, Dylan Strom, Andrew Shaw, Drake Kajula, the list goes on and on and on. He kept this team afloat. And all of a sudden, they're on a five-game winning streak. And not just winning. They look impressive. And yeah, Anaheim, Ottawa, Montreal, those are not good teams. Toronto's a good team. Winnipeg's a good team. So to pick up impressive sort of dominant wins over those two teams, that says something. Now the Hawks are three points out of the last wild card spot. Vegas has the number one wild card spot with 57 points. Arizona second with 57 points. Winnipeg is third with 54, and the Hawks have 54 points as well. But the Winnipeg Jets have played one fewer game than the Hawks. And the Hawks are four points behind the Dallas Stars, who have 58 points. So all of a sudden, 7-3-0 in their last 10. Five in a row, the Hawks are making some noise. They've got an emotional night coming up on Tuesday with Joel Quenville returning to town. Then a long break after the All-Star game. They don't play again 
until February 1st. So this game tomorrow night against Florida looms large. It's a huge opportunity to end the first half of the season on a very high note. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans, but you may not know that Locked On Blackhawks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Blackhawks fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Blackhawks fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help you achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team. Every day, the Blackhawks defeated the Winnipeg Jets last night 5-2, defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday 6-2. They have won five in a row. They're very currently close to a playoff spot. So with tomorrow's Talk Back Tuesday show, I've got a bit of a homework assignment for you. Send an email to LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. Send a tweet to at LO underscore Blackhawks, or better yet, send a voicemail, 708-653-0572. And if you have another question, that's fine, but feel free to leave a comment at the end of your question about this question here. Does the Blackhawks' recent success, it all change your mind about what the team's approach should be at the deadline? If the Hawks find themselves in or near a wild card playoff spot at the end of February when the trade deadline rolls around. If you don't know, the deadline is February 24th. If the Hawks are in a similar position to where they are now and they're playing pretty well, right? Winning a lot more than they're losing, getting healthy, guys performing well. Does it change your approach at the deadline? I know we're a month away, but just hypothetically, for tomorrow's Talk Back Tuesday show, answer that question for me. Do you think now the Hawks should change their approach? Should they be buyers? Should they be sellers? Should they just stand pat and see what happens? I want to hear from you. Lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com or the voicemail 708-653-0572. I believe I'm going to remain strong on this and say, as well as they've played, And as good as they've been, sell off your unrestricted free agents and try to ride the wave of success that you've had. Because realistically, the ultimate goal is Stanley Cup. And holding on to guys because they might help you this year is not going to help you win a Stanley Cup. This team is not going to win a Stanley Cup. Now, if they win five more in a row or seven of the next ten, and then start to climb into the 
not just wild card, but division standings and start to maybe make some separation, then we can talk. But if things stay the way they are right now, I'm still living in the, yeah, probably sell if you can. Maybe I'd be a little more hesitant in, on on trading Brandon Sod this year for some picks or a prospect because he's not unrestricted. He's got a year left. I'd still maybe try to trade him in the offseason for some cap space. But if you think the playoffs are a possibility, maybe you hang on to someone like him. I don't know. It's going to be a wild month. I really can't wait for it to play out. There was a point in this year where I was terrified that I had to do a Blackhawks podcast every day and another Blackhawks podcast two more times a week. So that's seven Hawks podcasts a week for a team that would be out of it and irrelevant by the All-Star break. I'm thrilled to say the Blackhawks are definitely not out of it. They're playing their best hockey of the season. And I'm here for it. And look, if Andrew Shaw comes back and Dylan Strom comes back and they fortify the roster, who knows? Who knows? But as of today, January 20th, 2020, I'm still team sell at this point. I want to hear from you. What do you think? Lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. 708-653-0572 is the number for a voicemail. All right, before I wrap this episode up, uh, I'm going to take a moment to get personal here, and I don't do this very often on Lockdown Blackhawks. I do it on the Madhouse podcast, but not so much here, but I I have to just sort of mention it. Sunday was the three-year anniversary of my sister passing away. She had epilepsy. She was 36 years old, and uh, it's been a really hard road for me and my father and mother, uh, especially with my dad's health lately. And my daughter, who was, you know, six years old when it happened, uh, it's been hard to swallow. And I think, you know, people say, well, you know, it gets easier over time. And I, I think there's some truth to that, but it never really goes away, especially when someone young leaves unexpectedly. Um, so not to be cliche, but it's something I've thought of a lot. You know, you never know when the last time you're going to see someone is. Uh, a loved one or a friend or whatever. Um, And one thing I've tried to remember since my sister's passing is to stay on good terms with people, even when there's disagreements, to not let it linger, to not let it uh, fester, to not keep it in. You know, someone you love or you care about has upset you. Confront it, say it, and don't let it sit because you never know. You never know when the last time you're going to see somebody is. And it's funny, I was thinking about it today. And like the last memory I have of me and my sister was my wife and I had moved to our place in Homewood in November. And my sister died in January. So my sister had come over. She brought one last uh, you know, pile of clothes from my house. And just her and I sat in my kitchen and ate dinner and just talked for what seemed like the first time in forever. And that's going to be my lasting memory. And it's a happy one. And it's a good one. It was my wife and I in a really good place. Very happy owning our first home. Just finally got everything moved in. She, My sister made one last trip for us. And just sort of the contented feeling I had. And seeing that she was in a good place. My sister was in a good place too. I'm very 
I'm very fortunate that my last memory with my sister was a happy one. Um, and I know there's some people that have lost people they care about that have not been so fortunate. So bottom line, just be kind to each other, be good to each other, and don't take your family for granted because you never know uh, when the last time you're going to see someone from your family will be. And uh, I know it sounds, uh, I, don't, I didn't mean to end this on a low note, but I, I don't mean it that way. I just want everyone to realize, you know, you never know. And uh, tell the people you love, you love them, even if you're not in love with them at that moment, if you know what I'm saying. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for indulging me there at the end. I just uh, wanted to get it off my chest. It's been sort of a tough day. Uh, so the Hawks made it a little bit better for me. That was that was helpful. Uh, but, and, and again, for the continued support from the Lockdown Blackhawks audience, thank you so very, very much. I will talk to you on Talk Back Tuesday tomorrow, the day Joel Quenville comes back to town. It's going to be a fun one. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.